Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here live in person with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know what? I can't remember the last time you and I podcasted where I'm actually looking at you in the eyes as it's, opposed to looking through a camera. Through a screen. It's fantastic. And speaking of through a screen, we've had a blast this morning. You've been shooting video for the book coming out. <laughs> um, and I know the, you know the mantra now is, I love videos. I love videos. <laughs> so, no, so, so everybody, I love speaking in front of people. It doesn't bother me at all. You throw a camera in front of my face. And I freeze. It was, pain, it was painful. And Daryl's going, I love video. I love video. And I'm going, I hate video. I hate video. It's going to be good, though. We're just, uh, we're, we're literally days away from launching the, the new website for Selling from the Heart. This is going to include um, the book and being able to go download the first three chapters. And I know I just can't wait for everybody to get their hands on this book. It's going to be so exciting. But uh, speaking of books you want to get a hands on today, we have an exciting repeat guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And I know everybody is going to be so happy uh, to have Deb Calvert back. Deb is the author of one of my all-time favorite books called, called Start, Stop Selling and Start Leading. And Deb's here today with us and we're going to have a fantastic conversation. How's it going, Deb? It's going good. And uh, I'm with you, Larry, about video. And I'm with you, Daryl. <laughs> I love <laughs> video. <laughs> so, Deb, I mean, I, yeah. kept, I kept telling Daryl, I go, you know, give me a needle and stick it in my eye. And I probably have more pleasure than sitting in front of a camera listening to this guy go, no, say this. No, say that. Yeah. But yeah. it's good. You know, in today's world, I mean, we've got to be able to communicate on all kinds of platforms. I, I and there you I go. Get, so we're, I get it. The camera be- just doesn't give back the way an audience does. You get some energy and some life from an audience. And until they figure out a way to make the camera do that, I, I probably will never love it. Right. Because I like looking at people squint, their eyes open up, and you see their body language. You can play off of it. Yeah. You can't see body language. You can't see squinting when you're staring into a camera. No. Uh, well, hey, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome, by the way, to the Selling from the Heart podcast. You join a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work, living from, from their heart, selling from their heart. And, um, you know, last week we talked about a really critical but overlooked sales skill. We talked so much about closing sales. Last week we talked about opening sales and how do we open conversations with people. And this week, as, as we think about all of that, you know, Larry, one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is we, salespeople always want to get visible. You know, we want to prospect, we want to be seen, we want to be known in our marketplace. But before we get visible, we've got to get valuable, right? And otherwise, we're just going to be walking out there as empty suits in the marketplace. And I think there's a lot of reps making a lot of noise, uh, but really at the end of the day, when you look at what they have to offer, it's like we said at lunch day, it's like going and getting a sandwich and they hand you a couple pieces of bread and you go, well, where's the, you know, where's, where's the beef? The beef? <laughs> and where's the value in all of this? So, um, you know, I know this whole concept of value, Deb, is something that, that I've gotten out of, out of the, out of your book in particular, talking about 
when reps go in, um, you know, when they're leading inside the sales process, they've got to be able to develop confidence in the buyers, um, you know, with the buyer by bringing some competence to the table, right? And really articulating that value. And I'm curious, as, as you think about salespeople bringing value to the table inside the conversation, um, as you're working with salespeople around the world, how do you see that playing out right now in terms of what's happening in the field versus what could be or maybe should be happening in articulating value? Yeah, you know, here's the problem, Daryl. It's that we don't even understand what value our buyers want. Mm -hmm. And that's because there are three different types of value. And I'm, I'm going back to Discover Questions, a book I wrote about five years ago to, to talk about this. But um, according to buyers, research with buyers, buyers see three different levels of value. They see the value of your product if it's relevant for them. Your right. value has an inherent product, uh, value. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's product value. But on top of that, there's been this huge movement over the past 20 years for added value, something right. in addition to the product. Actually, more than 20 years. My mom used to make me paste in the SNH green stamps, and most people probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, that was one okay. of the first value added. I got it. <laughs> it's, um, maybe it's a little bit like box tops today that, that you collect for the school. Yeah. Uh, so that's added value. Anything that comes with your product but is above and beyond the value of the product. But that's still, now it's all been equalized. Everybody has a product with value. Everybody has added value. Service isn't a differentiator anymore because it's expected. Today, it's up to the individual seller, and that's got to be created value. Mm, yeah. Hugely individual and it can't come from your product or your company, only from you. And, and where it comes from is even in the moment, the conversation you have, the question you ask that's really thought-provoking, the way you enter in to, to show someone that you're going to help them get to where they want to go, not because of your product, but because of you and what you bring. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because you and I have recently spoken about the whole value, and I see it all the time, mm-hmm. is sales reps continue to struggle. I don't care where it is, you know, all over the place, they really have a difficult time understanding what their value is because I think their perceived value is different than what their clients value them. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and it's a continual struggle and, and, it, and it's difficult and it has me concerned because, I mean, that's my big passion in selling from the heart is really to bring that value out first. Because the sales reps really understand the value and the leaders understand their value and business owners understand mm-hmm. their value. Then the sky's the limit. But in order for that to happen, you got to take a step back and you got to understand you. And it goes back to, you know, the age old battle. It's time and patience. And I think that's the two things going against a lot of the sales profession. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Larry. And I loved when you said we were talking last week, be valuable before you try to be visible. I just I think that's brilliant. But so many salespeople, when I do sales coaching in the field or when I'm in front of a training group or an audience, I often ask the question, what is it about you that would cause someone to want to meet with you? What value do you bring? And a majority, a vast majority of salespeople cannot articulate what that is. They might say something like, well, I'm, I listen pretty good. 
right? But then they, they, they're very yeah. humble about it, right? It's, but they don't understand that that is high impact, that some quality they have is, is, needs to be high impact. Um, and the majority, though, they don't even get that far. They just start talking about their product or their price or their company. No, no, it's about you. You, you have to bring value. Yeah. So do you think, um, and I'm going to throw this your idea. Do you think that salespeople in general have a hard time just getting vulnerable? Because I, I think, you know, sometimes it's just difficult because I ask the question all the time is, why don't you go back to your current clients? You say you've got great relationships with your current clients and they know you. Why don't you go back and ask them some of these questions? Because you'll be amazed what you'll learn. And a lot of them say, well, I really can't. And you start peeling it back and you go, well, why? I'm yeah. afraid. I'm afraid to really hear the truth. And I said, well, you know, let the truth set you free because <laughs> it'll make you a better salesperson. Because right. can you imagine if you heard all this from your client's mouse, how you can then go out and get visible with it? Hey, here's what my top five clients have to say about me. Here's the value I bring to them. Can you imagine what this would do for your business? I, yeah, I, I agree. You and I are thinking alike here. Um, and by the way, if what you're afraid to hear, you don't hear, then someday you're going to be left wondering how you lost that client. So you might as well hear it while you still have a chance to fix it. Yeah. I, I, here's how I recommend people phrase it. If you're a little bit concerned that it might seem like you're needy to ask a question for feedback, you do something like this. You say to a buyer, you know, we've been working together now for, for three months and I just want to do a service check. What would you like to see me doing differently? It, it doesn't have to be some, some big convoluted question that, that's full of emotion. It's just a simple service check. And, and buyers love it when they get a question like that from a salesperson. You know, going, I mean, Larry, you always, and we talk a lot about going to your clients and asking what value they appreciate or expect or, or like um, from, from you. But I think, you know, go back what, to, to refer back to what you were saying earlier, Deb, is this creative value, you know, I think it's, it's a good exercise for sales reps to really sit down and do an inventory to go, what value do I bring to the table um, personally in all this? And, and I think there's a couple ways to do that. Um, and one of the ways might be to start working through your LinkedIn profile. So, for example, when you go back to the experiences you've had along the way. So whether, you know, whether you're a 30-year veteran in sales or whether you just started in sales out of college last week, we all have some set of experiences that we can bring to the table and that, that have been helpful. So I know, if, for example, I ended up uh, spending most of my sales career in the technology industry. Well, you know, in college, I learned how to sell mobile phones. Now they happen to come in bags back then and, you know, they're giant. But, but that was experience, you know, that, 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 in, that helped me out. Education as well. I did my business degree. Inside my business degree, I learned about business processes and, and several things. So that became relevant to the value that I was able to wrap around the technology that I was selling. In business school, I learned about accounting. I learned about financial statements. I learned all these different things. So then when, when I walk into your office, yes, I work for a company that has a great product backed with great service and all of that. But me personally, I was able to bring in some level of expertise and understanding about the broader technology world, about the business world, about business process. And I think from a sales standpoint, you know, it would be really helpful for, for sales professionals that are listening to be able to go back through the inventory of experience and education they've had up to this point in their life and go, what have I learned? 
what have I done that I could that was directly applicable to helping my prospects and clients right now? Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And if you want to put in something else that you already have, well, your personality, your ability mm-hmm. to ask questions and listen, mm-hmm. your genuine interest and curiosity, your commitment to want to help the buyer. If any of those things are, are genuine and they're driving you, that's value that you can offer to your client. But then why do you think sales reps struggle with it so much? Well, I think you said it. It, it, it's vulnerable to do that. It's vulnerable to put ourselves out there. What if they don't like me despite the value that I'm personally revealing to them? What if it's not good enough? Or does it take too much time? And, and can I be vulnerable enough to, to take a risk on forming that relationship? Because what if they later on say no, and I could have made 10 other cold calls in the same amount of time? It, it's, there are a lot of fears behind it. And that vulnerability, I think it's epidemic in our profession because there's this misunderstanding that we're supposed to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Every buyer, you included, me included, we'd rather have a salesperson say, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go do some research for you and get back to you on that. Let's yeah. set up a time when we can talk, right? They'd rather hear that than a made up answer that you're scrambling to, so you have to cover the tracks later. Yeah, you know, and that's the way I was when I was in sales. And Daryl's been on many sales calls with me in previous lives. And I would be the first one to throw my hands up in front of an executive and say, you know what? I don't know. I'm not the expert in it because I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And that's why this person sitting next to me is has their position and this is why I have mine. And people start to respect that. But what's really interesting is we get back to this whole value thing. and, And here's a great this is something that, that the sales, salespeople's, the lights start coming on a little bit, especially when we start understanding what value is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to, I ask them to understand what their value is. What do you think the value that you bring? Yeah. And then in turn, you know, I make them write it down, pen to paper. Mm-hmm. And it's big worksheet, you know, that yeah. I provide. Yeah. And then the other worksheet is just a rephrased question of the same question. And I go, now I want you to ask that question to your client and see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to marry both of these together. And if you have similarities, you're on the right path. If you don't have similarities, then guess what? You got some work to do. Yeah. But that's a great, that's a great juggling act there of a salesperson actually understanding what their true value is, not through their eyes, but obviously we got to know it through our client's eyes. Yeah. So Larry, I know something else you and I have in common is that we advocate that people think about their sales philosophy Hmm. and your philosophy comes from your core values. Of course, one of the the things that you can bring that's of value is your whole self, Mm -hmm. but you'll never be able to put that out there for everyone else until you've worked it out for yourself. So I, I do. And that's one of the great things about, about your book and following you that that people will uh, come to know is how important sales philosophy is. No, and and I appreciate it because one of the things, and you know, because you've, Deb's had the luxury of reading the advanced copy of the book. And I love it. It's awesome. (laughs) But, but, you know, in, in, um, in one of the early chapters, you know, that I think ties into this is I talk about sales chaos. And I've spoken to it with other people, you know, that I've become friends with via social is I think sales reps just have a lot of chaos going on it's hard to be true to yourself mm-hmm. and more importantly it's hard to be true to your client if you got a lot of stuff if you got a lot of chaos going on mm-hmm. it's difficult to become that real you 
or even understand what your value is. So that's what people are going to appreciate when they read the book is how you tie in being your genuine self, which means you got to be vulnerable to yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to take that step back and go, okay, am I clear of mind? Right. Right. And if I'm clear of mind, then good things happen. But when you, when you got chaos and clutter, it's hard to do your job correctly. Mm-hmm. Then I, then I always say, then you're just leading a big sales lie. Oh, absolutely. You know, our buyers have a lot of chaos too. They have a lot of, of their own job chaos, all the chaos that comes from every other seller who's bringing in their own chaos. It, it, it's a mess. And that's why you have to position your value front and center. It's the only way you can differentiate yourself and earn the appointment or get the follow-up or stand out in their mind so that they will choose to do business with you. Yeah. And breaking through all of that it, it is a lot harder if, if you're carrying your own around. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because... I'm going to geek out for a second, but it's like when you defragment your computer, right? Yeah. You kind of clean it up. Uh-huh. Maybe salespeople and leaders and management have to start defragmenting themselves mm-hmm. in order to improve. Because I think what happens is a lot of times they have a hard time realizing that they need to change because they've been doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, day over day, month over month, year over year. And then they yeah. hear something about value. And they go, it doesn't work. Well, right. what you're what you're talking about right now, it's not working. You'd like to improve. So in order to improve, you got to do something different. You got to reprogram your mind. That's what we're asking. Well, that's the thing about value. Just like I talked about how added value, now everybody does it. Whatever it is that you bring that's a value, as soon as other people are catching up and, and they're doing the exact same thing, well, now the playing field's level again and you're going to have to step it up. Right? We always want to be a step ahead. And that's going to be more and more value, especially through creating customer experiences. Mm-hmm. Experience in that moment with you, an awesome connecting experience is what we talk about in the book, Stop Selling and Start Leading. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then you're just another seller. No wonder you don't feel good about the value you're bringing because it's generic. It, everybody's got it. I thought what you said earlier, though, about the buyer's world is chaos as well. Like every, everybody's world is chaos now. It's, it's yeah. crazy, right? So as a seller, if, if part of the value you can bring to the table is to help them align their chaos. And I know in Stop Selling, Start Leading, one of the core principles of leadership is, is creating a shared vision and bringing some alignment and clarity into it. You know, I think a seller can really play that role. If, if they understand their value, they can come in and they can literally understand the world of the, the buyer, understand you know, enough about what they do to be able to come in and create some inspirational vision that brings some sanity and clarity and focus to the buyer's life, business, world, whatever. Um, and I love this quote, Deb. It says, the relationship buyers want is inspirational and cemented by common goals and a shared vision. And if the sales rep recognizes the value they can bring is by leading in that way, I mean, that is a massive differentiator from everyone else in the herd that's just going to go in with facts and brochures and product information. Yeah, you know, we call it lifting the fog. Mm. And if I could give you just a visual for that, right? if you can imagine driving down a road, maybe it's a beautiful Pacific Coastal Highway drive that you're making. And over <laughs> on the right-hand side, you're going south. Over on the right-hand side is the Pacific Ocean in right. all its glory. Yes. And over here on the left, you have trees and 
redwoods. It's, it's gorgeous. And of course, the roads are, are windy along that highway. Right. Yep. And sometimes there's a sheer cliff drop off. So, um, you know, it, although it's beautiful, it's got some possible risks. Right. Well, the other thing that happens on that drive occasionally is that you'll come around a corner and you'll hit a bank of fog, like from complete clarity to enveloping fog. Right. So what drivers do, of course, when they hit fog, right, you can, you can think it already. They, they turn mm-hmm. on their lights. They slow down. They, if they have the radio on, they turn it off, which isn't logical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they grip the wheel just a little right. bit tighter, right? And they, they lean in. And as soon as the fog lifts, they go right back to full speed, more relaxed. You can see out there in the, in, on into the future a little bit more. And it's easier to think about getting there. When you're in the fog, the chaos, you, you just can't function as well. So we got to defragment. We gotta, and as leaders, we have to lift the fog so that people can see that clear vision ahead. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because that is an area where a sales rep can truly add value. I mean, a product can't lift the fog. You know, a, a, a website, maybe, you know, marketing might be able to help clear the fog. But a sales rep, a sales professional going in and being able to say, hey, Larry, hey, Deb, I understand your world, I think, right? And this is where you want to go. And this is, you know, we've seen this before and, and bringing some vision and, and the, all of that stuff so that they don't hit the break. And what's the most frustrating thing in sales, Larry, is when you get halfway through a deal and all of a sudden, you know, everything goes to a stop and you're like, what's going on? Well, if we look at ourselves as fog clearers, as people that can go out and add value by sharing an inspirational vision, you know, maybe, maybe we won't have as many sales processes hit the brakes in the middle of the sale. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, to, I totally agree because Deb and I were talking about it. I wrote a blog about it last week mm-hmm. and I don't think there's enough emphasis being put on opening up new conversations and opening up the mm-hmm. beginning part of the sales process because mm-hmm. everything's focused on overcoming objections or the close. So a special shout out to James Muir. Yeah. Great book, perfect close. Yes. Yeah. But yes. It's there's so much more that can be done because I, you know, I was never a strong closer, never, but I knew how to open up a really great conversation and open up a really great, credible relationship based on, I brought my heart to the business table first. Mm -hmm. And I always say I tugged on their heartstrings, right? Because then it just became a little bit easier along the way. And I was able to extract some really great information that that average salesperson wasn't because that average salesperson is all about me and not about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so Larry, in my courses, I teach an opening statement. that's a little different from the typical opening because I think you're right. It's uh, the natural barriers are up anyway. So we need to do a better job of opening conversations. You can never close something until it's been opened anyway. So we got to focus on opening. Yeah. And in that opening that I help sellers to, to think about for themselves, it has a transition from the value they individually bring to how that benefits the buyer. So you're still going to talk about the buyer very soon, but it's not about your company. So it's not, hi, I'm Deb. I'm with People First Productivity Solutions. We build organizational strength by putting people first. You know, right. <laughs> everybody's bored already. Right. Um, it's, hi, I'm Deb. We work with companies just like yours to something. And actually that's, that's not even all that good. I'm on the, the fly here. You got to think about these things ahead of time. 
But if I were talking to someone who needed management training, uh, hi, I'm Deb. I've worked with managers and organizations like yours for the past 15 years, and we've been able to produce results that blank. Would you like to have some more information about the programs? It's it's something that, that goes along the line of me and how I am absolutely connected to you and, and your needs based on my research that, yep. about you. That's good. And we said last week, you know, one of my aha moments last week was the way you open the sale determines the way you close the sale. So if you open the sale mm-hmm. on the, I can save you some money, you're going to be in a commodity close, right? Yeah. But if you open the sale on a shared vision, like you said, we've helped other organizations, you know, maximize their uh, growth potential and, you know, their productivity per whatever by doing this. Now we've got a vision. We're opening this conversation with a vision of a preferable future. Now when we get to the close, we're closing based on that, not based on we're 20% cheaper than what you're currently doing. And so if we open on the shared vision, we, we can make a whole lot more money and add a whole lot more value along the way. Right. I think so. And Daryl, what you just said to me, that's how you wrap your whole sales process in value. Mm -hmm. If all along the way, it's about the buyer Mm -hmm. and it's about how you, you uniquely and the experience you're creating is going to deliver something that's of value, you'll never go wrong. But it's not like value is a step in the sales process, which is another common mistake people make. Value should be there from the word go and all the way through the entire relationship. Yeah, I think, you know, as we wrap up, you know, I read I read a stat, I don't remember the exact stat, but it was a stat about the number of sales jobs that are going to disappear in the next decade, right? Millions and millions of sales jobs. Well, if it's order-taking sales jobs, of course they're going to disappear. A computer can do that very well. But when we talk about true sales professionals approaching buyers with that per, the perception of how the, what value can I bring as a sales professional, what shared vision can I bring, what can I do to, you know, now we're talking about um, really in essence, uh, we're talking about future proofing our careers by doing this, not just making more money today and adding more value and more client loyalty, but we're literally talking about future proofing our profession because quite frankly, if you're not going to take this value approach as a sales professional, you're replaceable by a robot. <laughs> but, yeah. if, you know, if you will take this value approach not only are you going to have a more fulfilling and profitable today, you're also going to create a more sustainable future for yourself as a salesman. I'm glad you said that because it is a business case that you can make for for putting value out there. You'll you'll make more sales. But I love that you said fulfilling because that's the very best part of all. If you're selling from the heart as Larry prescribes and as Larry's um, putting out there in his book, you just are going to feel better. Same is true with if you, if you step into it as a leader, the work is joyful, right? It's, yes. It feels good to sell this way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I fully agree. Well, thank you, Deb. It's always a pleasure to, to hang out. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't read Stop Selling, Start Leading, I mean, go right now, get that book. You're absolutely going to love it. I, I told Deb earlier today, I, I savor the book page by page. There's so much wisdom. If you're on my LinkedIn profile, you see Deb's book every two days. I'm always quoting it. I think it's phenomenal. So we're honored to have you here. To everyone who's listening in, thanks for joining us. And it it is so fun to be a part of a growing community of like-minded sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work, really understanding their value. And so that's what 
we want to challenge you with this week is literally, you know, sit down with a blank piece of paper and a pen and a quiet moment and go, what value can I bring to my clients based on my experience, based on my education, but also based on my mindset, my attitude of, of service, what value can I bring? And uh, I know that that's going to help spur uh, a lot of great conversation with your clients. So thank you, Deb. Thank you, Thanks, Larry. Deb. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Keeping genuine, keeping authentic, lead inside the sales process, do the hard work, understand your value, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.